Praise God, praise God, praise God. I feel his presence in here right now. And I like what I feel in this place. Amen, amen. We're going to go into the word of God. Understand that his presence is moving powerful in here. Um, but it is the word that shall never die. The grass withers. It fades away. But the word of God is going to stand forever. And so we're going to be going to the book of Matthew today. Matthew 25. Matthew 25. I thank everyone in this place today for your participation. It is your participation that allows the atmosphere to rise to a level where people, they feel freedom to worship, freedom to praise God. And so give yourselves a round of applause because without your participation, that may not happen. Matthew 25, we're going to be reading verses 14 to 30. I'm going to let you find it. I want to give honor to my pastor and my first lady today. Awesome first family, thank you for your desire to see the kingdom of God grow. Hallelujah. For the visitors, you're going to have to come back to hear him preach. I'm just an appetizer. <laughs> Amen. He's going to fill you up, though. Amen. Matthew 25, we're going to read verses 14 through 30, and it reads as follows. For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country, who called his servants and delivered unto them his goods. And unto one he gave five talents, to another two talents, and to one uh, another one talent, to every man according to his several ability. And straightway he took off on his journey. Verse 16 then he that had received the five talents went traded with the same and made them other five talents. And likewise, he that had received two talents, he also gained another two talents. But he that had received the one, this is what my focus, but he that received the one went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants cometh and reckoned it with them. And so he that had received the five talents came and brought other five talents, saying, Lord, thou deliverest unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained besides them five more talents. His Lord said unto him, Well done, thy good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. He also that had received two talents came and said, Lord, thou deliverest unto me two talents. Behold, I have gained two other talents besides them. And his Lord said unto him, Well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. Then he which had received one talent. He came and said, Lord, I knew thee that thou art a hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown and, and gathering where thou hast not straw. And I was afraid. Did you hear it? He said, I was afraid. And I went and hid thy talent in the earth. Lo, there thou hast that is thine. He says, here is your talent. 
didn't give any interest with it. But, but here is the talent that you gave me. His Lord answered and said unto him, Thou wicked and slothful servant, thou knewest that I reap where I sow not, and gather where I have not straw. Thou oughtest therefore have put my money to the exchangers, and then at my coming I should have received my own with usury. Take therefore the talent from him, give it unto him that hath the ten talents now, for unto everyone that hath shall be given, and he shall have abundance, but from him that hath not shall be taken away even that which he hath, and cast ye the unprofitable servant into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. I want to preach to you from this thought today, playing the hand that was dealt to you. Playing the hand that was dealt to you. If you can lay your Bibles down. And I would that you would all join me in prayer, even as we joined in worship. Let's join in prayer right now. And let's ask God to allow the word to penetrate our hearts to minister unto us today. Heavenly Father, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, we thank you already for your word. Your word, Father, that is able to change us. Your word that is able to lead us into salvation, God. Your word makes us right with you, Lord. And so I would ask you today, Lord, allow your word to enter into every heart in this sanctuary right now, God. I pray that your presence would be made manifest in even a greater way that we have received, God, earlier in the service. I pray right now, God, that you would use me as a minister to speak your word, uh, not to speak my word, but to seek your thoughts and not my thoughts, God. Oh, Father, that the body of Christ may be made stronger today. In Jesus' name we pray and we all say amen. One more time, let's give the Lord a round of applause. You may be seated. Many of you who may know me, you will soon and quickly find that I am a very competitive person. Uh, I hear laughs in the congregation already. Uh, but when I was younger, I've always, not even when I was younger, even now, I'm, I'm 34 years old, but I've always looked much younger uh, than I actually was. I remember being in the fifth grade and people thinking I was in the second grade. And I, I was so small. I was, I was very short. And I'm going to be honest with you, I, I hated it a lot. I remember in the sixth grade getting beat in a leg wrestling contest by a female. And so I, I, I knew uh, that I had to do something to get my, my pride together, if I can say that. And so as I grew up, I became very competitive. This competitive nature, uh, it, it, it was my way of letting people know that I am the age that I am. I may look like I'm in the second grade, hey, but I'm actually in the sixth grade. I may, I may seem like I'm short and don't look like I'm supposed to be in college, but listen, I belong in college. And so over time, my, my competitive nature, uh, it, it grew greater and greater and greater and to the point where people didn't like it. I mean, I wouldn't let somebody beat me in any, I mean, a little kid playing me at basketball, I beat him 10-0. I, I just couldn't help it. it. It was built in me. 
And so over the past couple weeks, I've been playing board games with my family. And you can ask my wife. I don't let her win in anything. But we've been playing a board game, and I'm telling you, I have all the strategies. I mean, I, I know how to be one of the greatest on the planet in this board game. I, I take all the notes. But yet my wife has beat me three out of four times. Listen, I need you to understand, she takes no notes. She, she doesn't strategize. Listen, I'm, I'm holding the clock up to make sure that, that I get every single detail, and yet three out of four times she has won the game amongst the family, and I have yet to win one time. I have yet to win not one time. <laughs> But, but, but it made me realize that everything is not just skill. Uh, sometimes it's, it's just the hand that is given to you. Uh, sometimes people are, are given a better hand uh, than what you may have received. And if I can say that life was a game, uh, I would ask you, what, what hand was given to you? Listen, if the goal was to win at life. If the goal was to be rich, what kind of hand did God give you? I think about uh, the gentleman named Elon Musk. Uh, he's the, the owner, the creator, the CEO of Tesla, worth 90-something billion dollars. I checked today. He was given a great hand to be rich. They say that he is a genius, yet on the other side of the coin, me, myself, I got a 17 on the ACT score, studying as hard as I could. A score that compares all the high school students around the United States, and just so you know, 18 is average. But you have to play the cards, the hand that is dealt to you. Maybe your goal is to be some type of physical athlete, and then the situation in case of LeBron James, 6'8", 250 pounds, no body fat on him. Dunking at the age of 13, 34, and I have yet to dunk a basketball. Or maybe you were aspired, aspired to be a preacher. And you were dealt a, a great hand like my pastor, who can put a message together in one day. And I'm, I'm trying it now, and I'm struggling. I won't do it again. But I want to remind somebody in here that, that you have to play the hand that was dealt to you. We, we can't complain and go to God about the abilities that we have. Romans 12 and 13, it says that God has, has dealt to every man a measure of faith. Every man in here, every human being, every woman, every child, they have a measure of faith. And while some faith may be greater than others' faith, God has given you faith to use in your life. I, I know there are some people who believe that as we build this church that, that God is going to provide miracles and they don't lose any sleep. But there's other people in here who have to study and they have to pray and hear the word of God so that faith can rise up in them so that 
they can believe that God will provide a miracle in this place today. What hand were you dealt? Maybe it's like Jacob and Esau. Bible says that God, before they were ever born, he says, Jacob have I loved and Esau have I hated. God, he had told the parents of Jacob and Esau, he said that the younger shall serve, I'm sorry, that the older shall serve the younger. Esau didn't do anything. He hadn't sinned yet. He was, he was yet to even been born, but it was just the cards. It, it was the hand that he was dealt. Listen, I want to tell somebody in here today, whether you're male or female, whether you're black or white, whether you're short or tall, Maybe some of your parents are pastors and others your parents aren't in church. Uh, maybe some of you were born into a marvelous household where you don't understand what poverty is. And other of you were born into a poor household and maybe your parents were addicted on drugs and you had to raise your brothers and sisters. I want you to know that you have to play the hand that was dealt to you. As we enter into this story in Matthew 25, we find that there's a man that's traveling into a far country. This is a rich man. And so he leaves his goods or his, his talents with his servants. Now, of course, his servants, he has already judged their abilities to do whatever it is that they should do with these talents. He understands their level of stewardship. Just for understanding, a talent is a bag of coins that, that weighs somewhere about 75 to 100 pounds. And so he gives these to his stewards. He gives these to his servants as he goes into a far country. And the goal is, I want you to use this talent to gain more. If I can say it that way. And so we find out that we have three servants in the story. One, he's given five talents. One, he's given two talents. And the last, he's given one talent. How many five-talent people we got in here? Clap your hands. Oh, we humble. We humble. <laughs> we humble in here today. <laughs> amen, amen. But first thing that I want you to realize is that in this story, you are the servant. You're the person that has received the talents. Listen, all of us have been given abilities, abilities to sing. Some of us are good with money. Others are good with reading. There are people who play instruments well and others that speak well. God has given you talents, and he wants you to use your talents to bring glory to his name. And so whether you have five talents or whether you have one talent, God says, use your talent to bring me gain. I want you to understand the talent doesn't belong to you. Yes, you're smart. Yes, you have awesome abilities. But it's because God chose you. It's because God, he's seen and he placed something inside of you. And he says, if I give you this talent, you have this responsibility. But I want you to know 
<laughs> that if you have a lot of talent, Bible says to whom much is given. Oh, yes, that's it. That much is required. Much is required. And so God has given us these talents. And he's given you specific talents to help you do his will. Somebody say, they're not mine. They're his. They're not mine, but they're his. And some people, again, they're going to do well in other areas that you won't do well in. And that's why body, uh, that's why God has called us a body of Christ. Because there are some of us who will be the head. There were some of us who will be the feet. There are some of you who are the heartbeat of worship. And there are others that you bring the breath into this service. And we need every last one of you to be in here if the body of God is going to operate in the way that it should we belong in the body together and so as this story goes on these three people are given these talents and right away they get to work if I could say it this way they go win souls <laughs> they begin to do bible studies they, they begin to do all of these things so that they can bring gain to their master. And so the master, he, he goes into a far country and it lets us know that he's going to be gone for a long time. And so it gives them a little time to figure out what they're going to do with the talents. If, if they mess up the first talent or, or the second talent or if they mess up a half a talent, it gives them some time to recover and figure out a plan on what I can do to bring some glory unto my master, to bring some interest unto my master. And so we know about the first two gentlemen. They could have been women. They did well with their talents. But as we get to the person who only had one talent, in verse 18 it says, but he that had received the one, he went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. It said that he hid the talent in the ground. Now, I know many of you didn't ask the question, was he burying the money so that the money would grow? We wish that we can just bury money and it would grow. But this was not the reason that he hid the talent in the ground. I mean, but, but as we continue, I'm going to come back to this point. And we wanted to find out why the master was angry. And I want to ask you this question. What did the one talent person do after the talent was buried? Again, we know the person with the five and the person with the two. They were continuously making money for their master. But the person with the one talent, he just buried it. And so that means that he had time where he was doing absolutely nothing for his king, for his master. I want to ask somebody in here today, what are you doing with the talents that God has given you? How are you utilizing the resources that God has placed in your life to bring him glory? 
the reason that this man was condemned was because he was not a good steward of his time. While the others were going out and making money, he was at home watching television. Listen, while the other stewards were doing what the master wanted them to do, he decided to just bury and sit around and do whatever he wanted to do. And so God, he gives us talents, but some of us, we use our talents in the wrong way to bring glory to ourselves, and then we sit because we have become successful. But he was not condemned for simply bearing it. He was condemned because he was not a good steward of his time. I need us to understand that. What are you doing with your time? What are you doing with your availability for the kingdom of God? Are you reaching out to family members? Are you studying? Are you waking up in the morning and reading the word of God so that you can grow spiritually? God has given you talents, but I want you to understand it's what you do with your time and the talent that really matters. It's what you do with your time. And I want to warn us here at this church right now and Listen, we're, we're, we're at a phase, and we're getting ready to build our church, and we had an awesome uh, service last week in our groundbreaking service, and I, I'm excited about the direction of this church, and I'm excited about what Bush Construction is getting ready to put up on our property on 11th Street, but pastor, I truly believe that God spoke this to me uh, last week. He said, don't put all your talent into the ground. Listen, sometimes we can take on projects. We can take on things that seem so overbearing. It seems like it could be more weight than we can ever handle on our shoulders. And we can use all our time and all our resources in building the church. But we forget about why God sent us here on earth. Listen, we're not supposed to put all of our talents in the ground. But we have to remember the reason why God has called us. We have to remember the reason he came to this earth. And it's for salvation. It's so that you and I can be saved. So that we can spend eternity in heaven. We can't bury our talents in the ground. But I want to ask you, who in here is hiding their talent? It may not be in the ground, but there are some things that I don't know about some of you guys. There are some abilities that God has placed in your spirit, some things that you can do, but you refuse to allow them to be cultivated. You have hid them with inside you, and you refuse to allow anyone to see the potential that you will have in the kingdom of God because you are focusing on other things. I wonder how many people in here have hidden talents and God is ready to use you. Maybe there are some of you in this place today and you've recognized your talents and you believe that they are so insignificant that the church couldn't use them, that God could not use you. But I want you to understand that God, when he gave that man that one talent, he expected him to use that talent for his glory. Come on, your talents aren't significant. 
There is no talent that is too small. We find in 1 Corinthians 12, 22, look what Paul says about the body. He says, much more those members of the body which seem to be more feeble, those that seem to be weak, they don't matter that much. He says, these are necessary. I'm talking to somebody in here who feel you don't belong and you don't have anything to offer in this church. God says that you are necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, upon these we bestow more abundant honor. Listen, God wants to use you. God wants your talent. He's going to use you for his glory, but you have to get out here. You have to take it out of hiding, and you have to expose your talent to God and allow him to use you in the way that you could never imagine. We have to allow God to use us. But this is what I want to focus on today, and I won't be before you long. It's verse 25 that caught my attention. Because when the Lord had come back from his far journey, he had been gone for such a long time, he expected something in return. If I could say it this way, God has given us talents, and some of us, we live 60, 70, 80 years, and when the Lord comes back, he's going to expect something in return. The guy with the one talent, his reasoning, his reasoning for not producing, he said, and I was afraid. Do you hear me? He says, and I was afraid, and I went and hid the talent in the earth. Listen, I'm absolutely positive that God wants to deal with here today. I'm absolutely sure that there are people under the sound of my voice where, peer, or where fear has paralyzed you. Fear has stopped you because of your fear, whether to be to speak publicly or to invite people to church or to teach a Bible study. Your fear is causing you to be condemned and not allow you to bring glory to God. There are some people in here today that deep with inside of you, if you just get over the fear of whatever it is, God is going to use you to gain more talents. Listen, God, he wants to deal with this fear. I want you to understand, I don't, I don't know truly how fear enters into us, and I'm sure it's a product of our environment and, and things that we watch on TV and what the media puts out, but we have to overcome this fear that is making us dormant and hide our talent. We find that Peter, that when he was in the presence of Jesus Christ in the midst of the storm, that as his eyes were on Jesus, that he walked on water. Does anybody believe that story? But as soon as he took his eyes off Jesus, Bible says that he was afraid and that fear entered into his spirit and he had began to sink. In the midst of Jesus Christ, again, fear paralyzed him. To the point where he was going to drown if Jesus did not save his life. And I want you to know that that's the tactic of the devil. He wants to put fear in your life 
so that you won't do God's will. For the Bible says that the devil, he walks around as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. It doesn't say that he's a lion, but it says that he's roaring because the simple roar of a lion, it puts fear in the predators or in his prey. Fear, we're dealing with fear today. And I, I want to help somebody because I truly believe that God is going to help you overcome your fear. I believe, in, and we find in, in the uh, Judges chapter 7 in the, in, in the story of Gideon, I want to read a couple verses to you. I want you to understand that Gideon was a man, and Gideon, he's, he was the least in his family. Did somebody hear me? I said that he was the least and his family, the least likely to be used. But when the angel of the Lord came to him, the angel called him a man of valor. Listen, no one around him seen what was in him. But God knew what he had placed inside of him. And because of his fear, he was unable to show his ability to be a man of valor, or should I say a man of war. And so we find in verse 3 of chapter 7, it says, Now therefore go to, proclaim in the ears of the people, saying, Whatsoever is fearful and afraid, let him return and depart early from Mount Gilead. And so God had commissioned, uh, God had commissioned Gideon to start an army. And the army was 32,000 people. And I want you to catch this. He says, the army is too big. I want you to go to everybody and ask them, if you're fearful, we're going to give you a pass. Go home. He says, if you're scared, go home. And the Bible says that 22,000 soldiers left. 22,000 soldiers would rather live in bondage than to fight for their freedom. They'd rather live in bondage than obtain the promise of God that he had over their life. Now, what I really find interesting about this is when we go down to verse 9, and the army is now down to simply 300 people because God wants to make sure he gets the glory. He's going to use 300 people to kill an army of, in many cases I've heard, of 150,000 people. He's going to use 300 individuals that have faith in him. And it says, and it came to pass at night. Gideon didn't know. He was fearful. That the Lord said unto Gideon, arise, get thee down unto the host, meaning the army. Go to the army that is going to fight you. He says, for I have delivered them into your hand. But if thou fear, go down. He said, I want you to go listen to a dream. Now, here's the question that I have, Refuge Church. When God had asked the army, he told Gideon, if they're fearful, go home. Why didn't Gideon go? Because Gideon, we find in this verse, was fearful still. Even though an angel of the Lord had come to him had told him and called him a man of valor. He says, I'm going to give you the victory. He's the only person that has spoken with the Lord 
But yet he, we find in this verse that he's still fearful. The group of people that he is leading are not scared. If I could say it this way, the pastor was fearful, but the congregation wasn't. And it was because God, he knew what he had placed in him, and he did not give up on him. And listen, I want to suggest that even here today. There are some of you, and you may be falling back. You still may be fearful, and God may be asking you to start all type of clubs. He may be asking you to do some things in your life, and there are people that are following you who do not have that same problem. But because of God or what he put inside of you, he is still going to use you. He can still use you with your fearful spirit. He can still use you in a way that you've never imagined. And I want to encourage somebody in here today. God has not given up on you. You may have hid your talent in the ground for I don't know how long, but God said it's time to pull that talent out the ground. It's time to get over that case of fear and let's go after the Lord. Let's go after the Lord. Psalm 23, 4, we know it. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Psalm 34 and 4, I sought the Lord and he heard me and he delivered me from all of my fears. I think it's a common theme right here. Psalm 56 and 3, but when I am afraid, I will put my trust in you. I praise God for what he has promised. I trust in God, so why should I be afraid? Bible says that God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. Listen, I know that this is just a simple message, but I'm asking somebody right now to stand up and be brave and declare that I'm going to do what God has called me to do. I know it may take a little, it may take me stepping outside of my comfort zone, and I may be a little scared and a little fearful, but I want God to use me in his kingdom oh hallelujah hey listen I'm coming to a close I'm coming to a close I just want to ask you and I want you to think about what's stopping you from being used in the kingdom of God what are you scared of is it what people will think about you are you scared that people are going to talk about you Maybe it's rejection. You're scared that people are going to reject you. I want you to look at how this story ended. Understand it was a parable, and I, I, I don't want to put any thoughts in your head uh, that you're going to go to hell because you're afraid. But we find the reason the man hid the talent was because he was afraid, and the owner sent him to a place where he was weeping and gnashing his teeth. A place where we find in other verses in the Bible that is called hell. There are some of us in here, many of us, if you walk this walk with God, there are going to be mountains that you are going to be afraid to climb. God is going to put you in positions He's going to put you in places, have you doing things that you cannot do on your own. And so naturally, it's going to cause you to be afraid. 
But the reason he does that is so that he can get the glory. No flesh shall glory in his presence. God just wants the honor. But I'm asking somebody today to make up your mind. Make up your mind that you're going to overcome that fear. And that you're going to take that talent out the ground. And that you're going to use it for the kingdom of God. You've been hiding it for way too long. There's somebody in this world, somebody in this city, they need you and you don't even know it. Those people needed Gideon. And yet he was hiding because he was afraid. Listen, God is going to break somebody loose today. I truly believe that the chains of fear are being broken in this place today. And you're going to move forward in what God has called you to do in your life. If you can all stand with me at this time. I want us to pray. There's something that we're all scared of. And I know some of us may already be operating in ministry. But there's a fear that you can overcome to take you to the next level. It's time for us to go to the next level, Refuge. We have to go higher, higher. We're building this church and it's going to attract new people. They need us not to be afraid. As that song we sang today, the Lord is our light and our salvation. Whom shall we fear? The devil is using the tactic of fear to stop you from being the giant in the kingdom that God wants you to be. And I want somebody to take it back. I want somebody to overcome right now. Listen, God is not asking you to produce what the five talent guy produced. God is not asking you to come in here and preach a message like this. He may not even be asking you to play instruments or whatever. Whatever it is that's inside of you. Come on, make a commitment right now that you're going to use that to glorify God. Come on, play the hand that was dealt to you. Yeah, you got some cards you may not like. There's some things that have happened in your life. It seems like everybody else around you, they, they got better gifts. They have better talents. I don't need that. God, you don't need me. But I'm here to tell somebody today, he needs you. He needs you. Come on, let's go into a time of prayer. And let's ask God to remove that fear from our life. And to cover us with love. Oh, in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, Lord, we repent even right now. I'm sorry, Lord, that I have allowed fear to stop me from doing your will. I'm sorry, God, that I've hidden the abilities that you have placed with inside of me. I've allowed them to lay dormant in my life for many reasons. God, some of us are focusing on the riches of this world 
we're focusing on trying to become successful. But God, I would pray even right now, God, that you would tear down those walls, tear down those boundaries, God, and that you would lose a freedom in here, Lord. Oh, God, that we would no longer be afraid, but that we would be brave and that we would be courageous. Oh, God, courageous enough to believe that you're willing to push us and, and take us to a place that we've never imagined, oh, God. There's a reason, Lord God, where Joshua was told and Moses was told to be strong and courageous. And I'm commissioning this people today, be strong and courageous because there's a promise that God has in your life. And so, God, I pray that you would open up the floodgates of heaven right now and deal with the fear. We bind the spirit of fear in this place right now and we cast you to hell where you belong. I will walk in the presence of the Lord. I fear nothing in his presence. I dare somebody proclaim, I will preach the gospel. I will witness to my family. I will witness to my friends. I will do whatever I can. I'm coming out of my shell. I'm coming out of my shell. Come on, let's pray that right now. Let's linger in this altar until God breaks that yoke of fear off our life.